welcome back to another episode of Dr. Me First. It's me, your colleague in medicine, coach in life, queen of burnout, mother of dragons, and all the other titles I can think of, Dr. Freaking Aaron Wiseman. I'm so glad to be back. I have had a great summer taking it off, though I probably didn't rest as much as what I preach. I do feel like it was a successful summer and all the things that we did, and I hope that you can walk away from these summer months saying the exact same thing. Well, while I was away, I've been pondering, what do I need to talk about? So I have a lot of post-it note ideas that I am going to be throwing out at you. But before I do that, I want to finish up this money series. So if you haven't listened to it yet, I did an episode called Why I Broke Up with Dave Ramsey. I did another episode of Why I Stopped Contributing to My Retirement. And today I'm going to be talking about why I didn't do loan forgiveness the first time around. So if this is your first time hopping into the money series with me, I gotta tell ya, if you are looking for industry standard financial advice, there's a bunch of other podcasts you should go listen to because this series is totally different. This is my real and raw experience with money. I talk about ways that I have gone against the standard advice because I want to show you that there is no right answer. So you need to strip away all the guilt and all the shame that we have around money. I'm going to explain how I found what worked for me, my family, my businesses, my practice. I'm also going to tell you what didn't work. So your financial advisor is probably going to hate me, so enter with your own risk. And friend, welcome to the University of Hard Knocks Money Series. All right. So the year was 2014. I had just settled into my first big girl doctor job. It was the outpatient family medicine clinic that it was already been established for decades, I would say. And one of the perks of working in a rural area is that you can qualify for loan forgiveness. So that's one thing that I'd always planned to do, always planned to go back to the country. And I remember when my office manager came around and was like, hey, Dr. Wiseman, it's time to get signed up for the National Health Service Loan Forgiveness. And she told me the website and gave me the papers and all of that sort of stuff to do. And I remember just feeling like, really sick to my stomach, even though I knew it was a really good program to help get loan repayment, which I desperately needed. But I couldn't shake this feeling. I went home, I talked to Mr. Wiseman about it, and I was like, I don't know, but it just doesn't feel right at this time. And I remember going back and telling my office manager, actually, no, I'm going to just not do that this month. And she was absolutely appalled with me. Like, why wouldn't you do this? Why wouldn't you take this free money? And I just had to tell her, just doesn't feel right for me at this time. My partners even came over and talked to me and were like, Aaron, why are you not doing this? This is an opportunity. You don't have to change anything in you when you practice. And what I realized when I sat and thought with it more, it was because now I can see retrospectively, if I would have signed up for that loan repayment for that practice, that would have been another set of golden handcuffs that would have locked me to a job that was making me absolutely crispy with burnout. And I have to say, I'm really, really glad that I listened to my gut in this situation. 
<laughs> I think of this situation often when I say the expression like your inner knowing, your gut is one smart bitch. And in this con- this situation for me, she absolutely was. She was 100% right. If I had signed up for the loan repayment, I would have felt obligated severely obligated to stay at that practice despite it slowly killing me like death by a thousand cuts. It would have been yet another reason of why I couldn't instead of why I could because I would have been afraid of leaving and repayment and breaking a contract and my sense of commitment, all of those things that go into it. The other thing that now retrospectively I can see is that I would have had a loss of autonomy which autonomy is huge for me, being able to control my own circumstances and my own surroundings and and my own schedule and time. And by accepting that loan repayment, I would have lost that. I would have been locked into that practice. I would not have been able to move. I would not have been able to go part-time without taking a huge cut from that loan repayment. And so again, just so glad about trusting my gut in that circumstances. And I want to talk a little bit about golden handcuffs. If you've listened in the past and been a longtime listener, I talk about golden handcuffs in in a lot of episodes, but just as a refresher, golden handcuffs are the things that are so shiny and so pretty, but yet keeping us locked into bondage. Sometimes that can be the huge doctor house. Sometimes that can be our super sweet salary. Maybe it's a retirement fund that is contributed to by your employer. Maybe it's federal loan repayment. The list goes on and on. And we all have them. We all need to evaluate the golden handcuffs in our life. And we need to remember that we can take them off. There is a key to unlock these handcuffs. Now, is it easy to let go of some of these sparkly, beautiful handcuffs? No, absolutely not. Is it totally against status quo? Absolutely, it is. Because you look around and there's people who have like a dozen set of golden handcuffs that they're walking around with. But that doesn't mean that you have to continue to keep doing this. One of the golden handcuffs, and hence why I'm doing this money series for me, is my student loan debt. This has been a huge golden handcuffs that I have had to work through. I've had to really dig into what money means, what debt means to me, and also had to figure out like that it doesn't define me in order to try to get these golden handcuffs off. Now, I have to say I'm within probably about 18 months of paying my student loans off. You know, it's only taken like 12, almost it'll be almost 13 years when I get them gone. But we all need to step back and say, what is holding us back in situations? And is it really true bondage or is it something that we're holding on to because it's really sparkly and pretty on the outside? So that's my reasons why I didn't do student loan forgiveness the first time around. And in my circumstance, it was the absolute right thing to do. But I do have to tell you, I actually did just apply for student loan forgiveness with my new position working in FQHC and prescribing medications for opiate use disorder, and I accepted it. And it's going to help me knock out my loans, hopefully, like I said, in the next year and a half. And I have to say this time around, it feels really, really good. And so another situation I want to talk about besides golden handcuffs is trusting your gut. In so many situations, we have learned to use our brain and forgot to listen to our body. 
because unfortunately, we've been cultured that, you know, our bodies are broken. We can't trust our feelings as women. We have to hide our emotions and hide our feelings. And what I want to tell you is, is this total and utter bullshit? A lot of times when our bodies are giving us signals of like, something's not right here, we're taught not to listen to it. But just like when you go to self-defense class and they say, you know, like when you get that feeling of like, hmm, something's off, you better listen to it. I want to encourage you to start doing that too in your everyday life. So think about it. When's the last time that you had that like gut feeling and you listened to it and it was the absolute right thing to do? Pause the podcast if you need to think about it or if you want to write it down, that'd be great too. Okay. When's the last time you had the gut feeling and you didn't listen to it and it was a total absolute clusterfuck? I've had those too. Absolutely. When I'm like, shit, I should have listened to myself. But what I want you to do is start paying attention to the cues that your body is giving you when it comes to situations or circumstances that you need to pause and think, what is my gut trying to tell me? You may not know. It may be a retrospective view, kind of like I reviewed today with you all, but you may be able to start picking up cues to better navigate your life. It's like that inner compass helping you find that true north. And I think it's just important, too, to ask why. Like, why am I having these feelings? What is going on with it? Maybe it's an abundance of anxiety or fear or some other, you know, thoughts that you've always done it this way. So why would you change? Those are things that you can evaluate and look at and see if you really want to accept them or not. But I do believe there are times that we just have this extra bit of knowing. It's kind of like when you see a patient and you're like, hmm, there's something else going on here. And instead of walking out the door, you pause and you ask one more question. And that one more question like breaks open the egg and you just get so much more information and then you can figure out what's going on. Or another example in my own practice is when I've been able to be like, hmm, not sure what's going on, but I think I need to add this one extra lab. You add that lab and bango, you figure out what the hell is happening with folks. I did that recently just on some random blood work when I didn't know what was going on with somebody, but I added a TSH and actually an acute hepatitis panel and both of them came back abnormal. So, you know, there you go. I think it's something that we have to know that intuition is there and that it is a tool that we can use. Not that we 100% rely on it. I mean, you need to use your clinical skills and your education and all of that. But why would we deny ourselves intuition when it can give us just a little bit of extra boost in situations? So that's my reasons for not accepting loan forgiveness the first time around, but I have accepted it the second time around. That's a little bit talking about golden handcuffs and why it's so important to recognize they're in our lives and also that you can remove them and how to trust your gut, how to start listening to your gut and your intuition. I've heard it takes a village to raise a child. But you know what else? After raising that child and once that kid has grown up, it takes a community to care for them. Communities are what keeps us sane. They help us heal our trauma. They dance with us when we're winning. Without my online communities, I would have never made it through burnout. And I certainly would have gotten through the shitstorm of this pandemic either. If you too need community, I want to invite you over to my badass Slack group. 
That's right, I'm not going to be on Facebook, but I do love me some Slack. It's a place where you'll find that you're not the only one. You're not alone. You'll get total validation on what's going on with you. There's a pool of resources. Community is active and rating to welcome you in. We are all helpers who have needs. And sometimes we need to have a community that can surround us, protect us, give us a hug, and lift us up. And that's what the badass Slack community is. So come join me today. Link is in the show notes. Friends, I hope that you are having a great week. If you need any help or support, know that I'm here for you. I've got your back. Join me in my badass Slack group where we're having more conversations, encouragement, and fun. And know that your life, your calling, your pulse matters. See you, friend.